0: Asians in North America are still underrepresented in leadership roles even in careers where Asians are well represented. What are some of the internal and external nuances that might be playing a role in this situation? And what is the role of the model minority stereotype? Is it true that most Asians are followers and not leaders? And what are some ways to reframe leadership? Welcome to People of Color in Psychology the show that explores mental health topics specific to culture, diversity, and communities of color. I am your host, Jack Zen. As part of our AAPI series, my guest today is Dr. Yuri Kim, a Korean Canadian psychologist and people analytics and insights manager. Dr. Kim has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and recently published two papers on the leadership challenges of Asians in North America. Her most recent publication received an editor's commendation from the Journal of Business and Psychology for being one of the top 13 papers out of 1,000 articles the journal published in the year 2022. Dr. Kim's work and interest focus on gender and racial diversity in leadership and understanding the experiences of people at work. Today, Dr. Kim will be sharing her insights on the experiences and barriers of Asian Americans in the workplace and offer strategies to consider as part of diversity, equity, and inclusion practices. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kim. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Tell me about your journey and getting into this work because this is very applicable as we are thinking about AAPI Heritage Month.
1: Absolutely. So being someone who is Asian Canadian, it was something that I've always felt that I wanted to understand better. And that was also poorly understood externally. So when I went into grad school, and as I became more interested in diversity and inclusion, I noticed that when it came to the experiences of Asians in North America, there was really a lack of understanding and attention on the experiences that we face. And particularly in the context of the workplace, leadership is something that I'm very passionate and interested in. And I and the stats show there is a gap in representation of Asians in leadership roles in North America. But again, it, it's so poorly understood. So for myself, I aspired to become a leader, but I Wanted to understand better, okay, what are the potential barriers that could come up, whether it's internal or external? And in a way, I came into this because I wanted to understand myself better, but also understand why people who are like me are facing a ceiling in terms of trying to advance.
0: Yeah, tell me a little bit more about the ceiling. You know, there's the glass ceiling, general applied for women then this is a terminology I've learned just reading the literature, a bamboo ceiling for -hmm. for Asians in North America. Do you have any insights about this concept here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as I started diving into this research for my PhD, what I did find in the limited work in this space is that it ties really closely to stereotypes around Asian Americans and Asian Canadians, specifically The fact that we are seen as very unassertive, submissive, very, very hardworking and successful and smart, but not one who will speak out, not one who will take charge. So because of views that we lack this assertiveness that is so highly valued in North America, the existing research found that because of that, people saw Asians as being less effective leaders than the dominant group, white people. So, I wanted to dive into this a bit more and examine, okay, so there is that piece around we don't seem very leader-like, but could it also be tied to how maybe people see us as better followers than leaders? Because the stereotype around us kind of lines up with what you would expect from a follower. So someone who's very dutiful, very hardworking but also someone who isn't necessarily standing up and taking charge, just more at the lower rung, but being very effective in that space. So I examined this view through two angles, one being how this might be a factor in how others perceive us, and also how this could impact how Asians see themselves when it Mm -hmm. comes to leadership. So in terms of how other people would perceive Asians, I did find that people saw us as having the traits of an ideal follower. But more specifically, and this is where it ties to the model minority stereotype, they saw us as being very dutiful, very hardworking, very loyal, and of course, these are things you want in a great follower. Like when you think about people on your team, you want someone who's reliable and hardworking, and. So my research had a lot of twists and turns, which made it very fascinating and also makes it clear we need to understand our experiences better. I actually found that because people saw us as good followers, they actually thought we would in turn make great leaders. So the comparison we used was white Americans, again, because they're the ones who are mostly represented in leadership roles. Because we're seen as more dutiful and hardworking than white Americans, people saw us in turn as being more effective leaders. So this was really interesting because the existing research, although limited still, it almost, the majority said that people wouldn't see us as effective leaders. So that's where looking into, okay, maybe there's a nuance to the situation. Maybe it's not across the board that people would see us as effective leaders because we're such a hardworking minority group. That's where I introduced the concept of threat In my research, specifically, I looked at whether feeling like you're competing for a promotion with another Asian individual, that feeling of threat, could that change people's perceptions of us being great leaders? And in turn, I found that when placed in a situation where you're competing for a promotion, This positive view of us disappeared.
0: You're saying that when we introduce competition, sort of like this idea of zero-sum game. Exactly. That's sort of a concept that's discussed in the literature of psychology. When competition is introduced, Mm -hmm. uh, it creates this factor, if you will, where now Asian or a minoritized group is somehow less than. And so this is in a case you're saying of a promotion, like a promotional opportunity. Is this from the viewpoint of a equal colleague or like a supervisor? Because I'm curious about the power differential.
1: Of an equal colleague, the experiment was we had four different conditions. We We randomly assigned participants to either you are competing for a promotion with a white employee at the same level as you. Another condition was you're competing against an Asian employee, and then the remaining two conditions was a no threat, so like a control. You know, you're just rating another employee, but you're not competing for a promotion, and it's either a white or an Asian employee. The idea was that you're rating someone who's at a similar level as you and not someone who's above you. And to that point, actually, in my second study in that paper, I did find that when people rated an Asian leader compared to a white leader, they were rated similarly in terms of effectiveness as a leader so there's this interesting phenomenon where it seems like once an asian individual reaches that leadership level the views of them are actually you know, like, yeah they're you know they seem just as good as uh, a white leader but there is something about like trying to reach that point that is creating barriers so as i mentioned when people are competing against them like you said, like the zero sum mentality, this idea that it's a limited resource, there's limited spots, the higher you go up. And this also ties with trends we're seeing. There are like research that show that Asians are actually the least promoted racial group. Even in fields where we're highly represented, like in technology or medicine, when it comes to representation, as you look up the ladder, the gap just grows. So it's almost like people are happy to hire us, but when it comes to promoting us, that's a different question.
0: So I'm curious about the model minority myth, and I'm wondering if your research might show some light on this issue.
1: Yeah, exactly. So my research, it shows one of the many situations where the model minority stereotype could be an issue. Specifically, this stereotype that we're very hardworking and very successful it masks situations and groups of Asians in our very broad umbrella of an Asian community. and masks situations and groups when groups who are in need. So for example, there is a study that found that when they had different racial groups, including white students, emailing a professor, asking about their research lab and asking to be mentored the professors were the least likely to respond to Asian students compared to other minority groups and white students. And then there is other research that is pointing to how the model minority stereotype might also be preventing Asians from receiving or being endorsed for receiving funding that supports them in government policies, or even research that is aimed at understanding Asian Americans and Asian Canadians There is some research to suggest that Asian researchers are actually getting less funding than, than other groups. So it's this idea that the model minority stereotype, which is very pronounced in this context here and in the media, and that could in turn lead people to think that we're doing fine. We don't need as much support in our academics or we don't need as much support when it comes to our research, or even in our day to day lives, if we need any government support. So my research, just tying it back to that, it's suggesting a similar issue with the model minority stereotype when it comes to advancement. Because as I found, once you know, at one point, generally, they think we would make really great leaders because we're such hard working and dedicated individuals. But then in the reality, When push comes to shove, it looks like that positive view disappears. So it could be that people are thinking that Asians are doing fine in the workplace. Like even my data shows that they think we'd make great leaders, but it doesn't, people don't see that it can actually hamper our advancement in the workplace.
0: So in your other paper, you looked at how Asians view themselves as leaders. And you found that they reported lower motivation and confidence in becoming leaders than their white peers. And the reason for this was that Asians saw themselves as more conforming, but also as more incompetent, which is fascinating. Can you say a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, it was definitely fascinating for me, too, and something that was a head scratcher. And The more I thought about it, I think, so this is where a lot of introspection came into trying to understand these results. And I think it could be due to a heightened pressure that we feel in just Asian culture to meet really high achievement standards because success and achieving and doing really well professionally in your life is very valued in Asian culture. In fact, there is evidence that shows that high achievement is indeed Asians identify with high achievement more than than white individuals. But then I think there's also the added layer of, you know, we have this high achievement mindset in a context where we're in a minoritized group. So there might be this extra pressure on top of it to succeed here because we, as many of us might feel we need to work almost twice as hard to be seen as equals as the dominant group, which in this case are are white individuals. So I wonder if there's just this really heightened pressure to succeed, which in turn might lead to harsher self-views on how smart we are and how competent we are. There's also another layer, which I wonder if, and this is something where I personally relate to this, is. I also wonder if the lower self ratings on competence is also a way of us trying to motivate ourselves to keep pushing. This idea that we haven't yet hit that high success level, because as we know, and there's a discrepancy between what we expect and where we are, that pushes, that motivates people. So there's a part of me that wonders if you know, oh no, I'm not super competent, and I know I got to reach that high level, so that gap could potentially be a reason why we rate ourselves low to try to motivate ourselves. So that is some thoughts around why I think these low ratings are happening. But I do want to stress that my, I don't want what I'm saying to be like, Oh, it's on us. Like, you know, because we're rating ourselves harsher, it may be impacting our motivation to become leaders. I think it's more like my goal and even talking about this with you right now is to just help everyone be more aware of what the experience is like internally for asians because with that model minority stereotype everyone thinks that we're doing fine you know like we're really not all of us but the idea is that all of us are really successful but there's research that shows that among asians like this high academic success The cost is our self-esteem. So Asians tend to report lower self-esteem given this high achievement drive that we're pushing for. And so I think it's really about making people aware that, hey, we are struggling too. And because there's generally less support for resources for Asians, as I was mentioning before, including mental health services targeted to Asians, like this is just the call out that, we do need these resources as well, not to take away from other groups that need them, but it's more like we also need them and we are actually not doing fine. There are these hidden struggles that we're experiencing that I think more people need to be aware of.
0: Thank you so much for bringing that out and highlighting this for our listeners, because that really does perpetuate the story of model minority we are doing fine when in fact we really aren't and as you were highlighting the internal cost it also makes sense if my identity is tied to just achievement as my singular identity i lose sight uh, on the fact that my identity is made up of other areas of who am i in society right Yeah, yeah yeah so in thinking about this What were some of the challenges you experienced as a Korean Canadian and how did you overcome them?
1: Yeah, so this ties again with, you know, growing up with Asian values, but also having those values in North American context. The challenges I realized was those values, the ones that I endorse and that I embody are at odds with values that we endorse in a Western culture. So in particular, so me being very agreeable, very conscientious, very humble, that is seen as very, in this context here, as being very quiet or I've been told many times that you're you're too nice, like you're too accommodating. And when I hear these things, it's hard because it essentially makes me feel like these are values that are really, Appreciated Asian culture and valued in an Asian culture. and it's almost like, I'm too Asian in this context
0: in many ways, as you're talking about that, there is a sense of rejection, like, oh, you're too quiet, you don't speak mm-hmm. up. It's like I'm rejecting your value system, your Asianness, and I need you to yeah. be something else. Ooh.
1: Yeah. And I think it was just an aggregate, just an accumulation of growing up here and hearing those And one or two moments when people say that to me, it's like, okay, but I think it's kind of like, you know, when you're holding a cup and there's like slowly water dripping, I think over time it feels heavier and heavier. I think that is where it just kind of over time made me feel like, okay, things that are important in my culture are not accepted or valued here and that that was a struggle for me also i became extremely aware that i needed to be mindful of how i am in who i am growing up and living here so this is where you know on the one hand i didn't want to feel ashamed or hide those aspects of me that are part of my cultural upbringing. But on the other hand, I want to, you know, to put it very dramatically, like survive here, right? Like I wanna do well here, I want to succeed here. And I think this is why I went into this research to also understand myself better. And so over time, and what I'm still doing now is I've been being very almost critical of like, for example, having, you know, me being too quiet or too agreeable I can see how, you know, in a meeting or in a group or wherever, you know, not sharing what your ideas are or not sharing with your supervisor what your career goals are. I can see how that can be problematic because here we do need to share and let people know, let ourselves be known. But I think where I struggled with doing those behaviors was I saw it as being very, almost confrontational. Like if you disagree with an idea that's brewing in a team, I saw that as being like, and it made me so uncomfortable because I had to like stand out and really step in. But then I realized that I think it's because here, the way we understand having a voice in a North American context, it's, it's very like, you gotta speak up, you gotta stand up for yourself. It's very confrontational. But I realized voice can also just be sharing ideas, letting people know, which, seeing it in that way lined up better with my values of being very thoughtful and thinking about the group so over time i've been kind of training myself that hey me speaking up doesn't necessarily mean being confrontational it just means me letting people know what's on my mind for the sake of improving the project or for the sake of better teamwork letting my manager know what my career goals are so that they can help me and better support me in reaching these goals so all of this is like an ongoing journey where i'm like how to be an asian in a north american context (laughs) right but i do want to stress that it's not i don't want to say it's just on us as the marginalized group to do all this work to like shift how we see things it's also the external environment so i've been fortunate that up until now i've been around people who i really trust and it would be hard for me to share my ideas, share my goals, if I didn't trust that they had my back, that they wanted to hear my voice. And this is where this idea of psychological safety is so important that it's talked about a lot in uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives, because it's not just on the marginalized groups to just share their opinions. It's also making sure that they're in an environment where they feel comfortable doing so. And so I have felt and many, not all the time, but throughout my life in many moments, I have felt the psychological safety where I trust that my leader wants me to grow and develop in my journey. And so that's where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let them know this is what I want to do. And then they'll be like, okay, we'll support you. We'll look out for you. So it's a two-way street, essentially.
0: As you're thinking about that, I'm also reflecting upon people who are in supervisory roles when we're thinking about psychology, internship, postdoc training programs, faculty members, and they have mentees who are Asian. I wonder if it might be helpful as you're describing this to create a space where they are eliciting conversations from their mentees about their careers, their needs, as opposed to assuming that, oh, my mentee will automatically tell me what they need.
1: Yes, that's a great point, because I think as the and this is where a greater understanding of Asian Americans, Asian Canadians, for example, there is the trend that many of us don't voice with a better understanding as to where that's coming from. It's like cultural on top of being an oppressed group. It makes it like doubly hard for us. I think if more leaders understand that, then perhaps that could in turn, you know, motivate and create this new approach of actively asking your asian employees like hey how are you doing or what are your goals well, you know what is it that you want to what are your development goals or where you know or what issues are you picking up and what we're working on because i think we just need that kickstart having the leader make it clear that it's okay to have a voice it absolutely has come from leaders because they set the tone they set the culture and literally just by asking you know saying like what's going on how are you doing what are you thinking that can help build over time this comfort for you know a minority group member and so in our conversation asians to feel like oh okay i think it's okay like i'm you know i'm starting to trust this person you know i feel like it seems safe it does take time like eventually you hope that the individual will voice their thoughts on their own but i do think that leaders can help initiate that and and facilitate that at the beginning
0: thinking about your work what sort of tips would you give anyone who is uh, working with a nation american client as a supervisee as a consultee i'm wondering how do we build this into, for instance, our EEI practices?
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of it is around reframing our definition of leadership. Mm. So on the one hand, my research on how Asians perceive themselves, showing that they're less motivated to lead because they feel like they're less, they feel like they're more conforming. I feel like if, a leader, instead of assuming that an Asian employee may not want to advance to a higher role, maybe try reframing what a leadership role means. Instead of saying, oh, you will take charge of a team, instead say, do you want to help empower your team? Do you want to help expand the reach of this product or expand the impact that we're making? Because I think culturally, Like in Western culture, leadership is often tied with assertiveness, and that's not something that all groups would relate to or find alliance with their values. But we know that leadership is not just about assertiveness. Not only that, assertiveness alone doesn't necessarily equate to good leadership.
0: Well, Dr. Kim, thank you very much for everything that you've shared today, your research, uh, amazing work. And as you were highlighting, just being very genuine about your experience so how might people find you
1: yeah people can find me on LinkedIn just look me up uh, my name is K. Yuri Kim. and definitely if you you know anyone has any questions feel free to message me on LinkedIn I would be happy to connect
0: all right Dr. Kim again thank you so much for your time today thank you A huge thank you to our listeners. If you like what you've heard, please share and subscribe to our podcast, People of Color in Psychology.